What is up, guys, and welcome to another edition of Market Marauders, Speed the Market, one trade at a time. I'm your host, Original C, so let's jump into uh, some stock news from this week. Uh, so it's been a pretty interesting week this week. Uh, we've had the VP election, I mean, VP debate uh, leading up to the election. So that was pretty interesting uh, on that end. Uh, lots of good information on that. If you want to recap of that, uh, check uh, my previous podcast, and I go in depth on uh, my opinion on that, uh, so check that out. Uh, so in this week's news, uh, we're talking about uh, the race for pharmaceuticals still continuing, uh, pharmaceuticals that are creating the vaccine. Uh, so those are always on the watch list for me. Uh, I'm just going to go with some background information on what is going on with them. Uh, so Pfizer and their partner BioNTech uh, bring on Germany's uh, Reichsler, uh for purification of mRNA-based coronavirus shot. Uh, so Pfizer and Biotech uh, in the home stretch uh, for a late-stage clinical trial of mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccine uh, with data expected next month. Uh, but as logistical challenges uh, dog the partners' prospects, uh, a German manufacturer is jumping on board to help lead and lighten the load. Um, so Pfizer is one of the companies that is part of Operation Warp Speed. Um, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically the U.S.'s, um, I guess, group of companies that they are sponsoring to try to combat uh, the COVID-19 uh, and try to come up with a vaccine. So Pfizer is one of those companies that is part of that Operation Warp Speed. And during the uh, vice presidential debate, Operation Warp Speed was brought up as well uh, with Vice President Pence basically saying, by the end of the year, we will have a vaccine. So uh, Trump initially had said, you know, by November, before the elections, we'll have a vaccine. Uh, but, you know, President Pence is saying, before the end of the year, we'll have a vaccine. So, um, you know, if you're looking at your accounts on what are some good investments, uh, to me, I would say, you know, go look at all the pharmaceutical stocks uh, that are evolved around the vaccine, um, whether or not. There is a uh, Republican or Democrat president um, in the office. Uh, one thing we do know um, is that a vaccine will still need to be made. So all the research and stuff going on uh, during the Trump administration will not be uh, null and void. So they're not going to start all over um, if, you know, Biden becomes president. And, you know, just look at those stocks uh, and those companies uh, for the future. So just know whoever wins. Uh, there will be um, a vaccine produced. So uh, definitely keep those on your radar. Uh, the ones that I'm looking at are Pfizer, uh, Moderna, Inovio, AstraZeneca, uh, GlaxoKline, um, and Johnson & Johnson. So those are the ones on my watch list, and I would advise everybody to you know, just put those on your watch list, look at them. I'm not telling you what to invest into. Just say watch them and watch the developments as time goes on. Uh, so also in vaccine news, uh, this article came out today. Uh, so DARPA gives Moderna $56 million grant to build an espresso machine for COVID-19 response. Uh, so $56 million uh, is quite a bit of money. Um, and, you know, DARPA is a government association. So it's basically defense, advanced uh, research projects agency. So that's what DARPA stands for. Uh, so to 
Uh, yesterday, they announced that they are giving them $56 million uh, to fund uh, the development of mobile manufacturing prototype uh, designed to speed up vaccine and therapeutic production. Uh, the grant of DARPA's uh, nucleic acid on-demand worldwide, uh, or NOW for short, uh, initiative will allow Moderna to create a six-foot by six-foot by six-foot container. Uh, that will be capable of producing hundreds of doses uh, in just a few short days. These containers could be placed uh, anywhere uh, in the world, making distribution more seamless. Uh, so very interesting dimension, six foot by six foot by six foot. Um, and this is backed by DARPA. So uh, interested to see some updates on that um, as that comes out. <clears throat> and as developments uh, continue with that, um, definitely going to check uh, the press release uh, from that. But this is coming from uh, Fox Business News. So going into the EV world. So um, Spartan Energy Acquisition or SPAC for the NASDAQ or the NYSE ticker. Uh, so SPAQ uh, joined the recent wave of companies uh, that are going public uh, via a reverse merger uh, with the special purpose acquisition company uh, SPAC. Uh, the stock is still around $12.30. Uh, the SPAC acquisition belongs to Spartan Energy uh, Acquisition Corporation. Uh, a SPAC uh, was backed by Apollo Global Management or APO. Uh, Spartan has initially agreed with Fisker, uh, a relatively recent addition uh, to the world of electric vehicles or EVs. Uh, on the reverse merger. Uh, so the initial date for the reverse merger was August 14th. Uh, however, it has been late delayed to February 14th, 2021. Uh, so, you know, kind of in the similar way that Nikola uh, went about their uh, acquisition, uh, I think it was with VTIQ uh, was the name of the company or the, the ticker for the company. Uh, Sort of similar along those lines. So if you're familiar, if you're not familiar with uh, how these mergers work, uh, just go look how uh, Nikola basically uh, became a publicly traded company, and this is just a similar path uh, that they're going to be taking. Um, the EV world is definitely growing. A lot of EV uh, manufacturers, um, you know, come to mind. We have Nikola, uh, Tesla, of course. Uh, there's this company, uh, Fisker which will be uh, another EV company. Uh, you have uh, Helion, uh, which just recently went public uh, through their IPO, um, and a lot of other companies uh, that make electric vehicles. I mean, and you also got to think the car companies out there uh, are still converting over to electric vehicles. So you have uh, Ford and their electric Mustang, as well as um, companies like... Um, Porsche, who has their uh, Porsche Taycan, uh, which looks really nice, by the way, uh, electric vehicle. So, you know, there's a small wave of, of electric vehicle companies, you know, starting to be uh, the groundbreaking thing as time goes on. Um, I'm interested to see how that whole space uh, continues to grow. So Express Spa Group or XSPA, which is tickers on XSPA, um, was a company that had a lot of different uh, facilities and airports, uh, but they converted all their, I guess, massage areas to COVID testing places. Uh, so it says Express Spa Group begins construction of new Express Check COVID-19 testing facility at Logan International Airport in Boston. 
so expected to commence operations by November. So that's when they expect to be done. Uh, and first presence outside the New York uh, metro area. Uh, so Express Check is currently building a modular constructed testing facility uh, within the International Arrival Area Pre-Security Terminal E that is expected to host seven separate testing rooms uh, with an anticipated capacity to administer over 400 tests per day. Uh, COVID-19 testing options will include rapid molecular COVID-19 testing, uh, the polymerase chain reaction or PCR test, and the blood antibody test. Uh, the three tests similarly offered at Express Check locations in JFK International Airport and Newark Liberty International Airport. So they're continuing to grow um, their testing capabilities as well as their testing facilities. So they're changing their Express Spa places in the airports to Express Check. Um, now, if you're not familiar with the company, they do have a lot of locations in different airports, but they started off with their JFK one, which was the largest airport um, in the United States. So, you know, with the that one being the first one, um, they're saying that they can administer over 400 tests per day. Uh, so pretty good as far as that's concerned. Um, and definitely, you know, I see a lot of people using it, especially when traveling. Traveling was one of the uh, main concerns. Uh, when it came to spreading uh, COVID-19, uh, you don't know what you got when you traveled or you don't know what you got in transport. Uh, so having that test availability um, is, you know, a pretty good um, indicator as time goes on. So interested to see uh, their expansion and how many airports they will actually be converting into their express check. So I definitely have my eyes on them um, as time goes on. So also this week, uh, Apple announced that they're having uh, their next Apple event next week, uh, which is going to be on October 13th. Uh, so it is supposed to be the announcement of the 5G iPhone. So it's what everybody's been waiting for, uh, the new 5G iPhone. Um, and, you know, definitely going to see uh, how fast the capability of it is. It's also going to be the introduction of the A14 chip and 5G connectivity. So uh, with that being said, um, going into, you know, the updates of, of Apple, I think Apple as a company um, has had, you know, amazing strides forward uh, just with their development of their products. Uh, also unveiling this A14 chip shall be interesting as well. Um, and, you know, how they're planning on developing the phone and its capabilities. So, you know, with the release of OS 4, I mean, iOS 14, um, you know, with WWDC 2020, as well as, you know, the previous event that they had a couple of weeks ago, um, we should see, you know, how this iOS 14 uh, can really be adapted into the new 5G iPhone and also the speed. I think speed is the number one thing that people are going to be looking forward to because with 5G connectivity, uh, the speed is supposed to be, you know, extremely fast. That's the whole point of the 5G connectivity. Um, is to increase the speed of the phones. Uh, so that goes for charging, larger batteries, um, and, you know, downloading videos, movies, streaming things, uh, things of that nature faster than they could previously uh, do as well. So they're going to have two versions of this, going to be the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro. Uh, so interested to see the difference of those. Um, someone said that they're moving down in size, um, but, you know, Dimension-wise, I hope they, you know, give that information as well um, during the 
the actual event. Uh, so one thing we're also going to be looking for is AirTags, uh, AirPod Studio, the HomePod Mini. Um, those three different devices are going to be interesting uh, to see as well, especially the AirPod uh, Studios and the HomePod Mini. So um, recently Apple has started to take a lot of their, uh, I guess, partnered um, headphone or audio uh, outputting devices off of their shelves. Uh, so they got rid of majority of the Bose things that were on their shelves um, and some of the other uh, devices that weren't solely Apple devices. So it seems like they're moving away from partnering with a lot of companies and starting to become uh, solely in-house company when it comes to hardware. Uh, we saw that with the beginning of the move from the Intel chips to their own silicon chips, uh, which was a big move uh, for the company because the Intel chips were incorporated uh, when Steve Jobs was still alive. Uh, but now, you know, as Tim Cook is the CEO of um, Apple, there's been, you know, kind of this move to do everything independently in-house, uh, which I think is a pretty good move for them. Uh, they already control a uh, majority of the cell phone market, uh, but definitely going to see, you know, how this stands up. So just because they control majority of the cell phone market or they're increasing their hardware capabilities doesn't mean that, you know, consumers are automatically going to buy it just because it's an Apple product. Um, so, you know, definitely going to see how they're integrating this to make it competitive, um, not only just affordable, but competitive uh, in the market. Um, now, I'm not saying that it won't be competitive. Apple makes really good products, uh, but I'm just interested to see spec wise, you know, how far advanced their devices will be opposed to other companies like Bose who've been around and their only specialty is audio devices. Um, so going into some more news, uh, we have Microvision. Uh, LiDAR um, or Lunar LiDAR by Ford. Uh, Ford basically has a stake in this um, Viliodyne and a Luni, Lunier, which is a company that is the largest in the world for LiDAR. Uh, so LiDAR is basically, you know, how vehicles and different things can, automotive vehicles can sense, uh, you know, distances. So if you have like a car, like a Tesla, people say, how can a Tesla car know that it's in its own lane or how far it is from something or how, you know, when to stop or when to put its brakes on? It's basically LiDAR. So there are a whole host of different sensors on the vehicle um, that, you know, will give information to the computer system on board and will tell it the distance and then the car will function um, as, you know, it's supposed to. It's like if you were driving it. But these sensors are a lot more advanced because they give accurate real-time data on when things change. So, you know, for us as humans, all we have is just our two eyes. And some people, you know, their eyesight may not be as good as others. But LIDARs, they're programmed uh, to have the a better function or a better capability than humans can. So for Ford to have... Um, you know, a stake in a company that's one of the leading uh, ones in LiDAR. I don't know if this is a move, um, you know, to try to strategically place themselves above other companies that may need them, or if it was a move to try to increase the um, functionality of their vehicles. But I do think it was a good move from the company, um, from Ford, to actually, you know, try to obtain a large stake in this company or in both of these companies to try to get, um, you know, 
their equipment more advanced because uh, as technology increases um, you know you're not going to have companies uh, just like Tesla having you know the whole market share other companies are going to eventually increase their capabilities and going to increase um, you know their partnerships with other companies that are making these new uh, and emerging technologies so going into uh, some more information we have Jay Balvin, uh, who is a music artist, uh, now has a meal with McDonald's. So if you're not familiar um, with Jay Balvin, I was, and I had to look look him up. He's a reggaeton artist, um, uh, a Latin artist, and they're trying to do basically the same thing that they did with the Travis Scott meal. So uh, Travis Scott, who is a rapper, had a meal with McDonald's, so a specialty meal, and it did really well. Um, I personally purchased it. Um, I thought it was okay. It tasted fine. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting concept uh, for them to have, you know, a celebrity-endorsed meal that was just specially for them, um, and it definitely helped out the stock price and the company get exposure, um, you know, in the future. Now, if this uh, Jay Balvin one will do as well, I don't know. Um, I'm not familiar with the artist, but... You know, one of the things that I think is fundamentally different for his meal than the um, Travis Scott meal is that this one is dependent on the Oreo McFlurry. So what comes uh, with this meal is a Big Mac, fries, and an Oreo McFlurry. And if you guys have ever been to McDonald's, ever, you know the number one thing that's always broken at McDonald's is the Oreo McFlurry machine. The ice cream machines at McDonald's are always broken. So I don't think, in my opinion, that the success of this will be as popular as the Travis Scott meal just because it is dependent on the Oreo McFlurry. Otherwise, it's just a regular meal. It's just a, a regular Big Mac meal. Uh, but, you know, depending on that... <laughs> That Oreo McFlurry machine to always be working when people are trying to come get this meal. Um, I do not think that was a smart move uh, by Jay Baldwin if he, um, you know, was the one who came up with this meal. Uh, if you've been to any McDonald's, you know that is the number one thing that's always out is that machine. So, you know, interested to see how this helps the company in the long run, uh, but definitely seemed to be a very interesting move. Uh, for the company as a whole to agree and not suggest, you know, something else uh, for him to do besides the Oreo McFlurry. Uh, so lastly, I want to go into earnings. Uh, so this week, Domino's Pizza had their earnings. So I'm just going to briefly go over, um, you know, how they performed or how they did. Uh, so the revenues uh, for Domino's Pizza increased uh, 146.9 million or 7.9%. Uh, in their third quarter, their net income increased uh, to 12.8 million, or 14.8% um, for the third quarter of 2020, and their diluted EPS was 2.49 for the third quarter uh, versus 2.05 the prior uh, year quarter. So they made a uh, pretty okay gains as far as you know pizza companies is concerned. Uh, and they do, you know, I think they are the number one. Uh, pizza delivery service out there, you know, contrary to people belief, uh, they may think, you know, Papa John's is number one, but I think Domino's is actually number one. I think they have more stores, uh, uh, globally and more stores, you know, uh, in different areas that Papa John's does not have stores. Uh, so that was a recap of the earnings. I'm gonna try to give more earnings recaps, uh, for next week as they come out. 
Uh, so good luck to everybody trading out there next week. Uh, you know, still going to be uh, debate number two next week, which is going to be between President Trump uh, and President candidate Biden. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, especially with both of them cutting each other off. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how that actually works this time, if there's a better moderator, uh, because it seems to be a trend as far as the debates are concerned. Uh, but, you know, I'll try to give an update on that when that comes out in my synopsis of how that's going to actually move the market, uh, because that debate to me is going to be a huge catalyst uh, for how the market is going to move. Uh, that, the stimulus, and vaccine uh, production. Those are the three catalysts that I'm looking for uh, in the market to see how uh, the whole overall market will perform. So any updates on one of those three things uh, are pretty huge. Anytime Trump makes a tweet about something, the market definitely moves and reflects that. Or any talks about stimulus, uh, the market definitely moves on that. So that's a huge catalyst. And then the last catalyst is the vaccine. So any vaccine news to me makes that stock uh, go up, but it also is a catalyst for the market as a whole because the closer we get to a vaccine, you know, the better off uh, or more secure I think people will feel like uh, they would be in the market, that there's a plan forward to uh, combat this COVID-19. So good luck to everybody trading out there next week. Uh, make sure you lock in those profits, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.